0: Welcome to Love Well and Purpose, a podcast giving you biblical encouragement to love the people around you with intentionality. I'm your host, Rachel Schell. I'm so glad you've joined me today as we are continuing our Love Well series. We started it two weeks ago by looking at the command of love one another that Jesus gave. He said it was a new commandment and we talked about what that meant and how it replaced the Levitical law. Then last week, we looked at Exodus 17, and we looked at Moses, Aaron, and Her as they were up on the mountaintop while Joshua was fighting the Amalekites down below. As long as Moses kept his arms raised, the Israelites were victorious, but he got tired. And so Aaron and Her physically came in to support Moses as they prayed for victory. We talked about how we can love our weary friends and loved ones well by supporting them in prayer and then also practically supporting them as well. Today we are gonna talk about Ruth and we're gonna talk about Boaz and we're gonna talk about some examples of loving well in this whole story. And I think some of them may surprise you. So I'm excited for it. Let's get to it. We've probably all heard the story of Ruth in some form or another if you've grown up in church. Ruth was a Moabite woman. She became a widow. Her mother-in-law was Naomi. And then we see in the picture of Ruth in the in the four short chapters of Ruth um, in Scripture, we see... Um, Boaz come in as this picture of a redeemer. It's a foreshadowing of Jesus coming in to redeem us. It's a beautiful passage. It's one of only um, two books in the Bible that are named after women and focus primarily on one woman. Um, Esther is the other one, and Ruth focuses obviously on Ruth. And so I'm really excited uh, to talk to you today about it. Let me give you a little bit of background on what's happening. So Elimelech was from Bethlehem. In the tribe of Judah. He was a follower of God. He believed in the one true God, um, but a famine came and he decided to take he and his wife Naomi and their two sons, uh, Malcolm and Killian, and he was going to take them to Moab. That right away is um, Significant in this story because what it meant is that he was willing to leave and uproot his family away from the place that God's presence was, and instead he was going to take them to this pagan place that was actually an enemy of Israel. And so he takes them and moves them to Moab, and they stay there. Well, as his two boys grow up, they decide to get married and they marry Moabite women. That again is a problem. God had said not to do that. So they were following in their father's footsteps in this disobedience. Um but they married Orpah and Ruth and these were um the daughters-in-law of Naomi. Well, about 10 years after these girls have gotten married to these boys, these guys, um the her, Naomi's sons die. And we are left with three widows. We are left with Naomi, Orpah, and Ruth. They are women. They are widows. They are the least, most disadvantaged in the hierarchy at that time. So Naomi decides she's going to go back to Judah. She's heard that God has once again brought food to the land. So the famine is over and she decides that she's going to move back. And so Orpah and Ruth begin traveling with her for a little bit. Naomi says, you know what? Just stay in Moab. I love you dearly. I care about you. But your best bet is to stay in Moab where your family is, where your gods are, and where you have the best shot of getting married again. For a young widow, that was really her best hope was to get married again and have that person then provide for her. And so Naomi was trying to set these girls up for the best success possible. She was grieving, but even in her grief, she was loving her daughter's-in-law well. Well, Orpa and Ruth lose it. They start crying and weeping, and they're like, no, we're going to go with you. And um, that's such a picture because they are saying, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go with you. I love you that much. This was a connection point for them, for their sons, for um, or for Naomi's sons, for their husbands. And so that was a special bond that they had. But eventually Orpah decides, you know what? I am going to stay in Moab. I'm going to stay here. And she weeps as she says goodbye to Naomi and Ruth. The scripture tells us in Ruth 1 that, Na- that Ruth clung to Naomi she clung to her and she she said i'm not going anywhere basically naomi said hey look orpa went back it's okay i release you i understand even if at this point i could get married and have another son there's no reason why you would even wait that long to get married again that was their custom at the time and so naomi says there's no there's no hope with me just go ahead and go back to your to your country to your culture to everything that you know And Ruth says, no. And if you're familiar with this passage at all, you know that she says, no, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. That's huge. She was willing to surrender her religious beliefs To trust in the one true God because she had seen what Naomi had modeled for her. She had seen the trust and the love that Naomi had for God. And she was willing to set aside all the other things that she had grown up with and known to pursue Naomi and Naomi's God, right? That's incredible. That's such a deep, deep, profound love. And we'll talk more about the importance of that in a minute. But let's get, keep going with the story. And so Ruth follows her and follows her back to Judah. Well, uh, Ruth is a Moabite woman. She, so she's a foreigner. She would have been looked at as the enemy, as a pagan. Even though she said, your God will be my God, she would have been viewed as this outcast. Plus she was a widow. Plus um, she had nothing. And she was a woman. So in that culture, that was so many strikes against her. And at any point she could have given up and said, you know what, I'm going back. It has to be better in Moab than it is here. But instead she loved Naomi so dearly that she said, you know what, I'm gonna do whatever it takes. Let me go, please Naomi, let me go and try to pick up the wheat that's left by the people harvesting the the wheat fields. And so Naomi agrees to let her do that. And if you're familiar with the story, you know that she meets Boaz. Well, Boaz was a rich, wealthy man. He owned all of these fields. Um, And so it's important to recognize that Boaz was a relative of Elimelech. Um, And so he had all of this money. And yet Naomi and Ruth were struggling. So God is not a respecter of persons, um, as we see in this, because Boaz has a legacy that is far more poor than you might think for this wealthy farmer, right? He is actually the son of Rahab. Again, if you know your verses in scripture, if you know your passages, you know that Rahab was a prostitute. She was a harlot who actually wound up helping save the spies as they were scouting out the land. And she put down her scarlet thread and allowed them to get to safety. And as a result, God had mercy on them and saved them um, when he came through and the Israelites came through. Um, And so his mom was a harlot. His mom was of ill repute. His mom had a reputation, just as Ruth would have had a reputation. And so I think it's important to see this here. It's important to see that um, Naomi loved Ruth, even when Ruth was a pagan, even when having her sons marry a Moabite woman would have been heart crushing to her. As she was following the traditions of her faith, it would have been crushing for her to see her sons go wayward and marry a Moabite woman. But she loved Ruth in spite of that. And then we see Boaz, who's able to love Ruth and have compassion on Ruth and winds up marrying Ruth and transforming her whole life. And he was able to do that, I think, in large part because he had seen and heard of his mom's story. He knew his mom's testimony. And so he was already primed to not judge someone based off of their life circumstances. And he had a heart to love the people that maybe others would say were unlovable. And so I think that's really, really encouraging for us. And then it goes further because in Matthew 1, 5, let me read you Matthew 1, 4 through 6. Um, so that's actually the genealogy of Jesus we see in Matthew 1. It starts off, we know that God, that Jesus is fully God, but He's also fully man. And so we see this genealogy. So we know kind of Jesus's lineage was, was very important in that day. Um, now you know we have ancestry.com and we have these different things to try to figure out how we're related to other people or where we came from and what um, what different cultures we have built up in our DNA. At this point, it was all written down and passed down, and so we see in uh, Matthew one four through six, it says, And Ram, the father of Abinadab, and Abinadab, the father of Nashon, and Nashon, the father of Salmon, and Salmon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab, and Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, the king. We know that Jesus came from the lineage of King David, but prior to that, we have Ruth and we have Rahab as part of that. Interestingly enough, and we don't have time to go into it, but Matthew 1 in the genealogy mentions five women. Um, Generally, genealogy would have only dealt with men, but five women get to be mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. And I think that's really cool because it means that Jesus has always valued women. But we see, right, that um, Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, she's mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. Boaz's mom is mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. And so I think that what we can take from this um, whole account of Ruth is something, in terms of loving well, is something very, very simple. Love goes a long way. Love covers a multitude of sins. Now, there is obviously a need for someone to believe in Jesus Christ for themselves. We cannot gift salvation to someone else. We can merely tell them of that gift that is available to them. But when we love someone fully and deeply, unconditionally, we create an opening for them to have a heart ready to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ruth had no reason to pursue the one true God on her own. Her culture would not have valued that at all. But because of Naomi's love, because of Naomi's investment, because she loved her daughters-in-law so well, Ruth was willing to leave everything behind. We, We know that passage in scripture that says to leave your father and mother She literally was willing to do that, to pursue this relationship with her mother-in-law, which didn't have to continue. Once Naomi had released her, she could have left and been completely in the right to do that. But because of Naomi's deep love for Ruth, Ruth had a reciprocal love for Naomi. Because Boaz had seen what it looked like for God to show favor on a harlot, his mom, he was then able to love people that others would deem unworthy and unvaluable. Despite his position of wealth and power, he still was able to look out for the people that were under his care, the people that were around him who were overlooked by many. And so we see that because Boaz was able to have that view and notice Ruth and do that, then we see this beautiful picture, this kinsman redeemer of Jesus coming in and redeeming us from our sin. So I want to encourage you. I don't know if you have maybe some family members that you're estranged from. Maybe you have a strained relationship with your in-laws. Maybe you have um, your child has someone that they're dating that you are not really a big fan of. Can I encourage you today to focus just today on loving them well? of listening to them, of hearing them, of getting to know their story, of loving them even though you may not agree with them, loving them in spite of your differences. Love doesn't care if we're different. True, unconditional, Jesus-like love doesn't care how many things we have different. True, Jesus-like love sees each other as made in the image of God and thus valuable and worthy without any other qualifications. So I want to encourage you to love the people around you, love your family members, love those in your, um, in your circle with a love like Naomi had for her daughter-in-law, be on the lookout for people that are overlooked by the rest of society as Boaz did for Ruth. I hope that we can have that same type of love as Naomi and Boaz had for Ruth. I'm so glad you joined me today for today's podcast. I hope that you would subscribe to this podcast, whether you're listening to it or whether you're watching it on YouTube. If you're not already part of my email community, I encourage you to join it. Um, you can find it at rachelshelp.com. Be part of that. I send out an email once or twice a month, just letting you know some things that maybe you missed, telling you about some of my favorite things. And then occasionally I throw in some freebies as well. I would encourage you to check out rachelshelb.com slash the podcast for show notes. I mention all of the verses that I mentioned in the podcast. I list those out for you as well as some other relevant topics that may be um, encouraging to, to, as you pursue this topic a little bit further. Thank you so much for being here. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook as well. I'm so glad that you're part of the Love Well on Purpose community. Now let's go Love Well on Purpose.